0: week 14 of the nfl season that's right we're almost at the end of the regular season pro football ireland our second week of the season in operation a massive thanks to everyone for their frankly unbelievable support last week to have the numbers on the podcast on the listeners it just means so much folks so thank you very much Michael McQuade, Mark Hogan, Michaela Fagan coming in for week 14 of the NFL season and uh, if you're watching us I'm wearing black everybody else is wearing like Christmas red I didn't get the memo but uh, firstly Mark uh, that's a lovely Christmas jumper you have on are you ready for week 14 of the season? Mark, you're on mute, my friend, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna edit this for the podcast. I'm just gonna, you know, publicly out you as being on mute. So you're on mute. You're How's right, it going? Dude. you
1: good. You're right, Now I was just saying um I should be on a flight to Chicago where I'd be final destination is Denver this weekend to see Denver Chiefs. Then on Monday, the Cardinals play New England, and then the following week the Cardinals playing Denver. So those games are so useless. I postpone my flight. So how am I doing? I have two weeks off because my my holidays were already booked from work. So that's why I was wearing the Christmas jumper. It was my last day of uh, of work before Christmas today. Mikhail, last day of work before Christmas. And it's what? We're sitting in the first week of December. It's nice. And you know, nice I, for I have three days. I have three days I have to go back for before Christmas. Before Happy I get days. too much sick. I'm already public enemy number one.
0: We need to have a conversation off camera about what we're going to do for recording around Christmas. We'll we we'll worry about that later on. Michaela, uh, very good to see you again. How are you doing?
2: I'm all good. Not lucky enough, like Mark, to have two weeks off, but, um, you know, only only some are so lucky.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Uh right let's let, let's just get straight into it we've, we've obviously got week 14 of the season coming up this week uh and it's it's gonna be a really really interesting one because again this is the week where if you're starting to make a run you got teams like the Steelers that have won two in a row they're still a good way off there you need to try and find a way this week to get over the line you got the Rams Raiders first Night football Lions Vikings Steelers Ravens Bengals Browns Bills Jets Cowboys Texans Giants Eagles Titans Jags Broncos Chiefs Seahawks Panthers Niners against the Bucks Chargers Dolphins and a Monday Night Football uh, is the Cardinals Patriots, that Chargers-Dolphins Sunday night game was flexed. And next week, the Giants against the Commanders has been flexed in the Sunday night football. So I won't need a sleeping tablet next week. Let's let us jump into a different conversation to start off with. Uh, I I think I've picked this topic this week and I have picked the Minnesota Vikings because the Vikings folks are, honestly, I'm, I'm so impressed with the way that they've played over the last few weeks. Bar the game against the Cowboys where they got completely shut out. Now I'm not sure of that. I think that was the week after after Munich, Mark. But um, you, you look at this Vikings team, and they're ten and two. And we we are going to talk about the Lions at, at a different point in this broadcast. But at the time of recording, there are certain bookmakers, certain sport books that are favouring the Lions over the Vikings. For me, there's there, there is one element to talk about the Vikings in this game, But for me, I, I I'm I'm just intrigued to see. Um, how far this vikings team can go in the postseason especially in a very very open nfc conference
1: yeah the vikings are going to get the winner of the nfc's third place battle between washington and new york and while that's an entertaining battle right now because every other team or every other game seems to be too easy to pick almost and then you see that draw on the weekend so it's like they're going to almost be overinflated Already, because they're going, they're not going to get the the first round boy. But essentially, they should be able to take care of that NFC East team. Like they, they are good enough for that. It gets tricky because like Kirk Cousins isn't having a fantastic season. Justin Jefferson, I think, is a handful of touchdowns in terms of what he should be getting. I mean, weren't we talking about he should be at least the offensive player of the year coming into the season? Like, look, I'm I'm past the point of just dumping on the Vikings because of their bend-on-break attitude. They tweeted that out during the games the other day and it got under my skin. I was like, why, why am I letting this get under my skin? We are having some fantastic finishes thanks to them. I think they have... Eight wins, maybe it's nine wins of eight or fewer points. And you have to give them some credit because over the last few years, it's been heartbreak for those fans because they've been losing super close games. And like field goals have been their worst nightmare over the last three seasons. So I think it's a bit of karma has come their way. It's frustrating as fans because you're thinking, why can't that be my team? But at the end of the day, Their players are now kind of like used to being able to pull out these wins. And that's something that's important as well. You know, they say good teams always find a way to win. And like you're like Sir Patrick Peterson and all are kind of talking or speaking up now all of a sudden. We haven't heard from him for years. And it's because they get that confidence and that confidence, it's exuding off the field because it's definitely there on the field as well. And I think you can't really take it away from them. Go and beat them.
0: It's funny, Michaela, because yeah, you're you're starting to hear from guys like Patrick Peterson, as as Marcus said there. Uh, I, nobody can say that the Vikings can't beat a good or a great team. They're 5-2 and two against teams that have a plus or a 0. 0.500 record or more. And it, it shows you the transformation that uh, the, the head coach, Kevin O'Connell's made to this team. They're an exciting team to watch. A lot of people are on and off but Kirk Cousins, like a top sometimes. But honestly, they've proved a lot of people wrong so far this season. And in, 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 in an NFC North where they are running quite clear, they should use these last few weeks to just prepare for the challenges that the challenges that they're going to have in the first, second and third weeks of January.
2: Yeah, I think the Vikings definitely deserve credit. I don't think anyone expected them to be 10 and 2 at this point of the season. But you, I think you would look back and you'd think they were demolished by the Cowboys. And I'm looking at who they've played over the last few weeks. And for me, they, they bet the Dolphins, but Tua wasn't playing. And then the only other team that stands out to me that they've beaten that are a good team now are the Bills. So you kind of look at this Vikings senior. I'm kind of looking at them like they didn't beat anyone like of note amazingly and they were picked apart so easily by the Cowboys but I think I am glad it's the Vikings and not the Packers that are 10-2 and and who are going to win the NFC North because it just makes the NFL interesting like who wants to watch the Packers and Aaron Rodgers win and be like near Super Bowl contenders every year like it's nice to have a team that comes up and surprises everybody so I, I definitely think the Vikings deserve the credit they're getting I think they'll probably go to maybe the divisional round of the playoffs or maybe the NFC championship just because the 49ers now have lost their quarterback but I look back and I think they haven't beaten anyone other than the Bills for me
1: and I think to jump in there the part that people are annoyed about is the two big teams that they face the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles within that NFC well, or NFC absolutely hockey dumb, and their only big yeah. win came in week one when we were all surprised, I suppose, at the time, but it's now no surprise against the Green Bay Packers. And since yeah. then, it's been close game after close game. I think that's just grinding on everyone
0: like seven point differential as well. And, and, you, and you and you're both spot on, like that Cowboys game. It wasn't as if they went to Dallas and got humped, they got humped at home, big style. So that's the, that's definitely something to keep an eye on going into the postseason as well. Um Mark, just, just finally, before we move on, I, I have to question you on your uh excellent and controversial power rankings i've seen a lot of people especially uh bills fans uh, there's a really really big bills fan in ireland that was uh, not happy with you earlier on he's uh, definitely check out his youtube channel folks if, if if you get a chance but you you've put the vikings in seventh place ahead of the dolphins uh, i mean the dolphins you, you have pretty to good you have
1: to because they're so favored now to get that number two seed. You know, like I have the Dal I have Dallas and Philadelphia way out, but the AFC is just so competitive. And when you look at Buffalo versus Kansas City, for instance, Kansas City has one more game against a team currently in a playoff position. Buffalo has three. Now Buffalo, I think yeah, um, could win all, each of those three games. But I suppose my power rankings as well is based over the last, say, five game spell. And when you compare to what Buffalo has done, like they've had the losses in there, they've had a ton of interceptions from Josh Allen. It wasn't just based on playing New England. Like if it was just on last week's game, well, then they go up and Kansas City isn't sitting in number three, just ahead of uh, Cincinnati. But I do think I've been a fan of since Cincinnati. We talked about it on the show last week. You called that upset. We said that Cincinnati is actually a powerhouse in waiting. We got there a week before everyone else, and I was able to put them up in my power ranking. So, like, it's not to say anyone in that top eight. When I do my power rankings, the top eight, like, is the most difficult but the most fun because they're all competitive teams. When you're trying to, I was trying to find space to drop the Ravens down past twelve. Put it that way. So um no, I I definitely see his point, but I um I'd like to say I've been proved right a few times this year at my fair ranking. So I'll leave it at that. Fair enough. Fair enough.
0: Um, Michele, just just finally on the Vikings because we gave him a lot of time this week. Um, you're saying the NFC championship game. I I like that. You could see them if if they say say if they did get a like a Dallas coming up against Dallas you feel like their their experience could potentially get them over the line from what they've learned. They have got the experience of getting the close game. So I'm presuming you're just going to say NFC Championship game against the Eagles. That, that's your prediction, yeah?
2: Yeah, probably. It could have been the 49ers, but now with the quarterback situation, it, it, it's probably going to be the Vikings.
0: We're, we're going to talk about quarterbacks in a little bit. Uh, I think that's actually the topic after the next one. if You can see at the bottom of the screen, folks. And we'll definitely talk about uh, not Brock Lesnar, but Brock Purdy. That's why I remind that guy's name. I keep thinking of Brock Lesnar. It's Brock Purdy. Lovely, That's lovely it. That, you have me there. That's it. That's how I'm going to do it. Thanks a minute. Man. <laughs> um, right. Let's jump into the second topic as we look ahead to week 14 of the NFL season. But also not just look ahead to games where we give picks, but we actually delve into detail around different topics and one, one that's really interesting and i think you know mark we look at the afc west and, and we look at different teams you know a lot of like look, i guess it doesn't matter if you won the west this year or not there was always going to be teams that were going to be locked down on if they did not win that division so for example having the Broncos sitting with only three wins and having the Raiders sitting with five and seven after 13 weeks is is very poor for the Raiders and I, I I know you wanted us to talk about McDaniels and his potential future there just generally but also more so what happens if somebody like Josh Jacobs gets tagged for me I've seen a lot of talk about like the fact that the ownership can't afford to get rid of McDaniels I, I just don't see how you bring somebody in on that contract from New England and you have to give them over a year for this. Yes, you brought in Devante Adams. Yes, you got a situation there with the quarterback of Derek Carr and his contract situation. There's still movement and wiggle room there. There. Not that far off. I know they've been very poor in situations this year, especially in the first few weeks where their offense looked really, really off it. You know, they scored 30 30 odd points against the Broncos in October. They nearly beat the Chiefs the week after. There have been games where they have been dog-awful. But it just looks like a team that's low on confidence and we've seen last week they get a win sorry two weeks ago against the Seahawks they get a win last week against the, the Chargers they now have confidence and I'm not saying they're going to go and win every other game this season but you know you, you look at what the games they have ahead uh, at the time of recording Thursday night football hasn't happened so you've got Thursday night against the Rams who are struggling you've got the Patriots who are I mean I don't want to say it uh, and then you've got the Steelers who aren't a great football team you've got the Niners who had a quarterback at the minute at the time of recording Um and then you finish off against the Chiefs, who could be using that as a mini-buy. Surely there is still a lot to play for there, but also as well, it's a key month for McDaniels and his future as well.
1: Yeah, and I think that's where I was kind of coming with the Josh McDaniels, because there's a great Raiders fan page. Or Raiders. I must double-check the t- Twitter, I will by the end of the segment, and I'll come back to it. But uh, and not to take a shot now, but was really calling for McDaniel's head, saying that this appointment was never going to work out. And I think a lot of people, whether they're Raiders fans or otherwise, were feeling like that through X number of games, I suppose, through seven games of the season. I mean, at one point they had been sitting at two and seven. They've now gone on to win the last three in a row. They hadn't had a back to back win all season. So it is that feel good vibe is kind of starting to come through. But like, look, not all the first year head coaches are going to work out straight away. Look, they seem to have been particularly poor this year. But when you look at what the Raiders have now in the number one running back in the league right now, I think the number four is where da- Devontae Adams is sitting out in the wide receiver race. If that was the Dallas Cowboys, we'd be talking about Josh McDaniels being coach of the year to get that production out of two players. We have to remember that they were missing Darren Waller and missing Hunter Renfro for a while as well. So I think that they have finally gotten this thing back on track. The flags have come down. I mean, the first-year head coaches always tend to have more penalty flags come on them than other teams, just as they get used to coaching, I suppose. That has been cleaned up, and I think it's very positive. In the pair rankings, I'd call them the most compelling team in the NFL right now that isn't in a playoff position because they don't control their own destiny. But with the way that they're playing and as explosive as they are on offense and having the talent Josh Jacobs has been talked about now in the Offensive Player of the Year race, I think that they could tr- cause real trouble for a lot of teams. And that's why I'd kind of want them in there versus a banged up, I'm not going to say banged up Ravens, a banged up Lamar Jackson team. Um, the New York J- Jets are good I suppose, do I want the defense or the offense in a playoff game? I suppose I'm going to be greedy and say I want the offense. So I think in terms of this year, they could still make the playoffs. But if they don't, I think, yeah, the possibility now is that you do tag Josh Jacobs instead of letting him walk next year, because that would have almost triggered a rebuild. And I know where running backs kind of sit. But when you're coming off an offensive player of the year kind of conversation, I mean, look what happened to Marco Murray with the Philadelphia Eagles a few years back. He did get that. Sorry, he got there with the Dallas Cowboys. He was the offensive player of the year. The next year he left and he wasn't the same player with the Philadelphia Eagles. I think he was out of the league two years later. But Josh Jacobs, I suppose, like, people were telling you in the likes of fantasy to stay away from him going into the season. A couple of weeks ago, we were questioning why was Devontae Adams traded for? It's an absolute waste, even though the connection seemed to have been there. Like, And I want to circle back to what you said about Jed. Yeah, they barely lost by one point to the Kansas City Chiefs they lost by two points to the Tennessee Titans. They lost in that insane overtime game against the Arizona Cardinals, like in another world they're sitting at what eight and four eight and right five. now eight and five right now, eight and four, and they are in the way on the way to the playoffs so I look I know every team has if and some butts about around wins, but I think short term you could be looking at the playoffs long term I think they don't go into rebuild they have a lot now to be positive about. The Chandler Jones thing has not worked out. Now he got a sack the other day. I kind of wish we watched one night football the other day and Carol Nassau had a massive sack at the end and a massive play at the end of that game. Kind of thinking if they kind of stayed with a guy like that, where could they be? Um, Yeah, if ands, and buts. But I do like this Raiders team again.
0: If, it's and, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, Carl, Carl and Steve had a great game Monday night. He was awesome. I think Brady was the one that actually jumped on him celebrating whenever they got the the, the touchdown at the end. Uh, Michaela, you were fortunate enough and lucky enough to be in Vegas in the off-season. It's a hell of a facility to have there, isn't it? I think you got the tour of it as well. Uh, Super Bowl's there next year. It's going to be fun. I, I'll have to use your advice then for all the tips around that stadium for for recording. And Hopefully we'll all be there. Please God. then. Um, mm. It's been a really interesting year for Raiders because, look, I'm I'm am obviously a Broncos fan, so I, to be honest, Chargers, Raiders, Chiefs, I would look on them probably more so in terms of analysis and just future scope, especially in the off season. And the Raiders were one of the teams at the start of the summer. I did go off my bets when I started looking at previews and stuff, but I was I was feared whenever they got Devontae Adams, and it's hard to believe that they're sitting where they are now, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I think, uh, well, first of all, you look at the Raiders and you see all the star power they brought in, especially in Devontae Adams, and they had that, he has that connection with Carr from college, everyone was probably hoping that they'd be kind of like a burrow and a chase, probably not to the same stardom, but good enough like them and I think that's that's why people were so disappointed in how they started off the season because you see Devontae Adams come in you see Max Crosby you see Chandler Jones and you're like that's a team that can that can push the Chiefs and the Chargers in that division and then for them to start off so poorly like they did when they should have won all them games was just it was kind of like infuriating you're kind of like okay well the Raiders they're just bad but now I'm happy that they're that they're kind of coming around and they've won the last two games and they've beaten the Seahawks and the Chargers who are over 500 and who are in playoff talks. So it looks like they've, they've come back and gotten a bit of confidence and who are they playing next? They're playing the Rams. They should beat the Rams because the Rams are just terrible. They don't have a quarterback this year. The Patriots, that could be a flip of a coin, but I'm going to give it to them. I'm going to give it to the Raiders, the Steelers, they should probably beat. And then I think they'll lose the last two games to the Chiefs and Whoever else they're playing, um, I don't know. Uh,
0: they've got the Niners on on, the on Niners. New Year's Day, and then they got the Chiefs the week after. But that 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 last week is always like a anything goes sort of week, especially if the Chiefs are like like genuinely Mahomes might not play that week. Like I, I can't yeah, speculate if, that now.
2: Yeah, no, you're you're right. If the if the Chiefs do rest Mahomes and they can easily, they should easily probably beat them. Um, but I, I about Josh McDaniels, I know they don't have the money to to fire him apparently, but I think they're not going to fire him after a year. Like if they win the the next three games and lose the last two, and um, they'll be eight and nine, which which isn't terrible for a first year head head coach. Like I think Nathaniel Hackett is more on the Chapman block for the Broncos because he has a, like we talked about a really really high caliber star quarterback in Russell Wilson but I think I think Josh McDaniels will definitely get another year Um I think just too much pressure was put on him just because they brought in Devonte Adams and they brought in Chandler Jones and all this stuff but I do think next year they'll they'll kind of be in the playoff contention again and wouldn't it, wouldn't it be fun to see the Raiders in Vegas for the Super Bowl because I tell you that I was in Vegas for the Super Bowl last, last year with the Bengals and the Rams to watch it. And it's so fun walking around Vegas and everybody is in their different jerseys. And the Allegiant Stadium is unbelievable. Like It just oozes luxury and money. I, I absolutely love the stadium.
1: Hey, would uh, there be any chances of that number 12 going to Vegas to, if things stay the way they are? Ooh. Josh McDaniels is all buddy. He says that he has no, such No, I, I, I can't see it happening. Could you say that? offense, I, I mean, he's a free agent next year. I don't think it's going to be top of his list if San Francisco is there. But, like, mm. if he's a free agent, there's only a certain number of teams and the comfortability factor that he will have with Josh McDaniels. I wouldn't
0: I have, think this is it. his last season.
1: I really do.
0: I, no,
2: he's he, not, not going to go out on a, on a bad kind of if they don't make the playoffs, he's coming back next year.
0: Okay. In- interesting. I I'm think not, he's I mean, going to be was, a bit
1: like Ronaldo. It, look, we see what's happening with Ronaldo at the moment; just can't let it go. It's clear that Brady has the exact same thing going on here. Time will tell. Time will tell. Uh,
0: I am looking forward to Vegas next year. It's going to be fun. We, we will be there in some capacity, so it's going to be awesome. We'll be in Arizona in two months' time as well. So do give us a shout if you do see us. More to come on that in a bit. And um, the one thing I will say, and shout out to my boss, uh, Mr. Oliver Conley, a gridiron and managing editor, for saying this on a recent podcast. I can't remember what the company was, but he had stipulated that Mark Davis, the Raiders owner, made a decent amount of money recently, a very decent amount of money, so much so that he, can, he can afford to fly to L.A.M. back to get his haircut, which is you know such a good haircut. So, you know, I'll say no more on that, but um, I'm one to talk, but um, I, I don't get the whole financial re- remuneration bull. I just I, I don't buy it and. Um, that being said, the Raiders are the Raiders, and I wouldn't be surprised if Hackett, if Hackett goes in Denver and if uh, if if Brandon Staley goes in LA. And I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if McDaniels goes in Vegas over the offseason. So time will tell. Um, and we'll you know get our picks for the weekend, but I have the Broncos um, and the Chargers both losing this weekend. But I do think the Raiders, at the time of recording, will win on Thursday Night Football. This is a really interesting topic next. Uh, I, I really... I think this is going to be fun to talk about uh, so much so that I had it in front of me and now I don't. It was about the quarterback injury situation. Now there's a lot of quarterbacks folks that have injuries in the league at the minute, but which one is the most, I guess, telling or, 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 or the most sort of, um, the biggest issue for a team is it Jimmy Garoppolo or is it Lamar Jackson? Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo is out for the season for broken foot. Lamar Jackson at the time of recording, very likely to not play at least this week against Pittsburgh. Um I'll start off here, Mark, if you don't mind, and just just put my two cents in here. I would say I, I think the whole Jimmy Garoppolo situation is the bigger deal for for San Francisco because you can see Lamar getting the two or three week break, and Huntley will move the chains for for the Ravens. I just, I just feel that. I think it's a big ask now you, you could see the Niners winning the NFC West and going probably to the NFC Championship game but will somebody like Brock Purdy and maybe he'll have this transformational effort and he'll beat the Bucks this weekend but does somebody like Brock Purdy bring or keep the Niners at that level people would argue that Jimmy Garoppolo was heavily reliant on his defense but also Christian McCaffrey and Debo and George Kittle so maybe it's not so much of an issue I, I do feel that it's a bigger issue than than Lamar Jackson. And I I think the Ravens, if Lamar does not play this weekend, I think I think the Ravens will lose against the Steelers, which is crazy to think. But um, what's your thoughts, Mark?
1: I'm glad you said um that the 49ers, because we can make this into a first take or a Shannon versus whatever <laughs> that program is called. Um I, I think it's Lamar, and I'll tell you, you mentioned it there, the defense is good enough for the 49ers that I think they can keep them in games. Um, I mean, look at what we pre- we talked about there the other day with Tampa Bay, with its defense being able to keep it in games when there's no offense going. Uh, they do have, obviously, Christian McCaffrey. They, they Look, I'm not going to start naming names. You know who's on the offense. Um, the Christian McCaffrey point I was going to mention we 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 don't know as as we recorded this if Baker has been has been picked up on waiver so we don't know what it's going to go but that doesn't make a difference to my thought process I'm going a quarter, a quarterbackless San Francisco is better off than the Baltimore Ravens without Lamar because I think they're really? absolutely I think they're unwatchable Michael without Lamar because if you look like he hasn't been the most accurate uh, passer. He hasn't had to throw for the most amount of yards. It's that he's doing with his feet. He himself has 750 yards on the ground, which is almost as much as the next three rushers on Baltimore combined. And when you think that they are a run first team, like that's crazy. They obviously are missing the Rashad Batemans. Um, Mark Adams is getting back into the fray now, but I just they've been so poor. Like I, I, I wonder, is it an indictment on John Harbaugh then to say that John Harbaugh without a quarterback can't coach around it. Whereas Kyle Shannon can, but I don't think it's so much that I kind of wonder, is it on um, Eric DaCosta, the GM that he hasn't put enough players on the field because as uh, he knew some would have been, his teams were almost defense first and he, he, you know, kind of in the mold of what San Francisco is that they would have been able to survive. But since, uh, Ozzie Newsom is gone, I don't think that Eric DeCosta has made the best decisions. Even Wink Martindale being let go as the defensive coordinator. Look what he's doing with the New York Giants now. When it comes to um, Lamar himself, he was in a contract year as well. I think that it kind of messes up his future. He was playing for that. And you're saying that like he might be week to week. That could just be for game planning and stuff to put that into teams' heads as they go down because you're going to have to pl- Tyler Huntley is the quarterback now he's had a stint with the Cardinals he had a stint with the Seahawks he wasn't too great for either team I'm surprised that he was still bouncing around but I'm kind of like I don't think they have games to surrender not with the way the AFC is Yet we just talked about the Las Vegas Raiders whether they can come back into the playoffs is kind of hinging on being able to capitalize off maybe the Jets or maybe the Ravens dropping out of it Look, it is a tough ask. They The Ravens have so many wins, but I think the Cincinnati Bengals have taken over the FC North. So the Ravens are going to be in that wildcard race now. And I just think it's going to be very difficult without Lamar, who everything goes through him. The whole offense is planned around him. They're already down guys that, yeah, I'm just, I'm so sure that I do not want to watch the Lamar, uh, Lamar jackson list Ravens.
0: It's funny, Michaela, because Tyler Huntley has... I wouldn't say a plethora of weapons around it, but when you can rush the ball with Drake and Gus Edwards, and you can also rush it with De- Devin Duvernay, and they've been doing that in, in some small situations over the last few weeks. We've got Mark Andrews and Marcus Robinson as well, Isaiah Likely. He has got some sort of weapons there. Now, he played seven games last year, and there was not many touchdowns scored, both passing and rushing from Huntley. But One thing he does have is he has the athletic speed, the dynamic sort of likeness to what Lamar can do, but it goes into that whole conjure question of, what do you want? Do you want somebody that can just get the ball down the field in terms of throwing it, or do you want a dynamic runner? And I guess that's a big question. And then obviously, the whole situation in San Fran with, um, with Jimmy G, with Brock Purdy, is it's going to be intriguing to see what happens in the next few weeks and uh, the, just the next few weeks of the season. So, what's your thoughts if we compare both?
2: Well, I kind of agree with both of you in a sense that I agree with Michael and think that the 49ers are worse off without Jimmy G. And I agree with Mark in the sense of that you don't want to watch the Ravens if Lamar Jackson's out there. But the biggest takeaway from me is that Jimmy, I I forget this nearly every year how good the 49ers are. I have to stop like underrating them. (laughs) Jimmy G and the 49ers, they went to the NFC Championship last season and lost to the Rams. The year before that, they were in the Super Bowl. And then, so... Jimmy G is obviously very important to that success of the 49ers in the playoffs. And then I look at Lamar Jackson and I'm kind of like, they can't even get to the AFC championship game. They're supposed, he he was an MVP a couple of years ago. Like he he should be getting that Ravens team to that game. And you look at their last kind of playoff run. They didn't get to the playoffs last year and they've only made the wild card and the divisional rounds with Lamar Jackson. So it like, they probably won't make it past the wild card round if he's out for the the rest of the season or for a few weeks. But even if they do make it to the wild card, it looks like the most they'll ever not well not ever but the most they'll go with Lamar is the divisional round where the Forty Nine ers can make it to the Super Bowl with Jimmy G. So I think the the Forty Nine ers defense will keep them in it. But and I wonder if if Mayfield goes to the 49ers, will Shanahan and him click and will he, will he be able to kind of get a spark back? But I definitely think the 49ers are worse off without Jimmy G.
0: Mark, can I just, uh, well, agree with what Michaela said there, but Jimmy G and before you, Give your, I think you're giving us a clarification I, about Huntley. I, I put my hand um, up when
1: I was when I was talking there about um, Tyler Huntley. I had Brett Huntley in my head, who I said played for the Cardinals and the Seahawks. I was like, I, that's was not right. I was wondering, I? I
0: was going to say, God, today I was going to say, Jesus, Jesus. Cause <laughs> you,
1: no, because you,
0: you were like, I oh, wasn't like I was. Oh, God, he was all right last year in Baltimore. Like, I was going to
1: say, who's this clown over here? Right? It, it, talk about being on a, a first take kind of show. You have to come up with opinions so that make no sense.
0: <laughs> Here, um, I agree. Hundred percent, Mikela, what you're saying about the Niners and Jimmy G, but I will say that Jimmy Garoppolo, lo- lovely lad, lovely looking lad, to be fair to him as well. But uh, he had five and a half minutes to win his team a Super Bowl, and he completely bricked the bread to, to break the bread two years ago. That's not even a term. Uh, I'm I am gutted for him though because you, 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 if you look at what happened with Trey Lance, and then obviously Jimmy gets another shot, and the team's done well, and it just sucks for him. But uh, look, t- time will tell over the next few weeks and months how, how Brock Purdy he does. I- I-
1: how long like every season we seem to be like call shanahan when he gets one quarterback for a whole season what's it gonna look like i I, look the stats gonna come up on the instagram or the facebook page of the or the twitter page of the next few days because i'm gonna have to look into it because it seems like he's had awful tough luck because right in the precipice always it's oh call shanahan's after losing his quarterback we'll have to wait until next year to see what he could have done
0: and the one thing i will say because i know we're barping on about the Niners here is John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan had to get Trey Lance. They had to get up and get him. They made such a fuss to get him and they had to get him, so I'm saying nothing. Right, let's let's jump on this uh, Steelers-Ravens game. I know we've talked about the Ravens, so let's let's talk very quickly about the Steelers. Mark, they're, they've won two games in the bounce and I, I apologise to Michaela for not bringing up the viral moment that happened on Sunday between Mike Tomlin and a fan. I'm sure if you haven't seen it, basically the fan wanted to say hello to him or something and he said, I'm effing working and he walked on. It was... 10 out of 10 genius stuff michael Search. i
2: swear to god i saw that video and thought it was you really? i thought you were the fan because he had like a beard and i was just i don't know what like a quick glance <laughs> the guy i was, was like
0: spanish i was I
2: like, was like <laughs> i was like what is michael doing over there i, I quick glance <laughs> i thought it was you
0: somehow i got home to record a, a post-game podcast where we didn't know jimmy g was out for the season it just just top-notch stuff for me but yeah f- thank you very much mark um Is there any situation here that you can see the Steelers going on the run? Five and seven. They are, what, you're talking, what, three games off the top of the AFC North? Lamar Jackson's out. Obviously, the Borough and the Bengals are rolling, but could they go on a run? Am I crazy to suggest that? Tomlin is trying to at least get to a a positive record for his own record, sake.
1: I was talking to this with someone earlier on about how Tomlin is in a position to keep this, what, is it year 20 or year 21 of a 500 or over record. If it was an eight or a 17 game, whatever's week, sixteen game schedule, I think he could, because the maximum they could really do is three. So when you look at who they have left, they might have Ravens twice mark. They they have Ravens twice. That's massive. So if they have the Ravens twice without a quarterback, they can win those two games. They have the Panthers. They can definitely get a win there. You don't know what games you're going to get from the Raiders or Rams. that's what I'm saying. Like they could potentially go three and one, but I think that three and two I think I guess pushes them over the limit. But I think like for me, what the last few weeks have done is instead of them being a ten point underdog, they are now gone to three or four. They've become frisky, they're gonna cause a headache. But like, will they still win? Yeah, I think they will down the stretch. It would have been a more interesting game if Lamar was in. I think they I don't have the line. They must be the favourites going in this weekend if he doesn't play, right? So yeah, it, it, it's definitely it's it's definitely an interesting one. They become a frisky team. Uh, we've been talking about frisky teams with the Las Vegas Raiders. We'll be talking some Detroit Lions in a minute. So I think they're there, but like the season's done for them. Like the the two wins that they just had were against the Falcons and against the Colts. It's not like they just went to Kansas City or just stole one from Buffalo. That's not the case. So I'm not overawed with Pittsburgh. I think that. I think that their own fans know that. I think that they've had some positives the last few weeks, but they're not—they're not the Pittsburgh of old that you know you want to see in the playoffs.
0: What's your thoughts, Michaela, on the Steelers at the minute?
2: I think that I would love to see Pickett doing a lot better than he is at the moment, um, and I think. I think they will if Lamar's out, which he probably will be, um, let's be real this week, um, I think they will beat them. I don't think Tyler Huntley's not near Kenny Pickett, to be honest. Um, even though like he kind of has a similar style set to Lamar's and he can rush the ball and that's kind of what the, the Ravens do. Um, I just think the Steelers will beat them because I don't think the Ravens are kind of anybody without Lamar Jackson. Um and then I think they'll beat the Panthers I don't think they'll beat the Raiders and they'll probably if Lamar's back they'll lose to the Ravens towards the end of the season and then I think they also have the Browns, uh, which they will probably lose as well. So um I don't I don't think they're just kinda like a it's not kinda like a team like the Raiders where they're kinda getting red hot against decent teams like the Raiders bet the Seahawks, the Raiders bet the Chargers, like Michael you with the Chargers going to the Super Bowl this year <laughs> just kinda throwing that back at you. Um but it, it,
0: it could still happen. It can, it, can, still it, can,
2: it can still happen, but I, I doubt it at this point. <laughs> Mathematically, it can still happen. It's all good. Yeah, but like Mark said, they didn't beat anyone of note. They bet the Colts. the The Colts got. I know the Cowboys are a great team, but the Colts got like demolished against them the other night. And then the other team they bet weren't weren't an amazing team either so I, I just kind of I feel kind of meh about the Steelers I, I would uh, hopefully I would like to see Pickett kind of take a leap next year and be like definitely definitely 100% be their, their next guy as the franchise quarterback Um, and it would obviously make the AFC North so much more interesting because imagine a Steelers team with their defense a really good Kyle Pickett against the Browns um, the Bengals and Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson and the Ravens that would be a really really red hot division but at the moment I'm just kind of if you I'd rather probably watch no that's a bit much I was going to say I'd rather watch paint dry than the Steelers but uh, just they, they wouldn't be they'd probably be one of my last team to watch
0: Obviously, with the Rooney family and and the historic ties to Ireland, we, we all love Pittsburgh and the city is Pittsburgh and the Steelers as well. Uh, and yeah, like like I, I'd love to see what you what you just said there, especially Mark, like about the about the final running. Let's see what happens over the last few weeks. Like the Steelers can always seem to find some sort of different gear, but I think this could be the year where it does maybe go down a little bit. Time time will tell. Time will tell. Uh, let's penultimate topic here. Let's jump on the Lions very very quickly. I, I know we talked about the Vikings, so just quickly on the Lions. The thing that really surprises me, Mark, is they have been fun to watch this year in the offence. They're putting points up for fun in some games, apart from a game against the Patriots and a game against the Cowboys in a two-week spell there. They should have beat the Bills on Thanksgiving. They have a statement of defensive performance and, frankly, a very good defensive performance last week against the Jaguars. They've really turned a corner. And You you, you had people week seven, week eight calling for Dan Campbell to go at the end of the season. This is a guy that cares about his team, deserves time, and in my opinion, should be there next season, and um, I'm really looking forward to this game on Sunday with, with the Lions and Vikings.
1: Yeah, uh, so a few weeks back, we kind of had touched on this topic of which of these teams that isn't going to this playoffs is going to cause a few upsets, and at the time, we thought it was Chicago because of Justin Fields or Atlanta just because of the way that uh, Drake London and Carl Pitts were kind of coming out. It was the Detroit Lions, and I think everyone had a feel good vibe around Detroit, but they weren't finishing games and they needed to learn how to win. And I think they did that. It was Green Bay was the turning point. It was about a month ago now. So what's that? Five, five weeks ago. So when they got that, they learned how to win. Then they went in. I think they beat Chicago the next week. They beat the giants after that. They went so close on Thanksgiving to almost beating the Buffalo Bills. And they obviously beat the Jaguars over the weekend. And I think to me, it was this whole thing that they, they, almost had those upsets. But let's remember at the start of the season as well, Philadelphia, they almost pulled it off against Philadelphia. They had a really high-scoring game and the defense wasn't able to keep up. So I think that they have been there but now they're able to turn the top. I mean, who had Jamal Williams having 14 touchdowns through the year? I know DeAndre Swift got a bit injured but they're... I think they're really frisky. I, I don't have... Oh yeah, sorry. So the next two games are the Vikings and the Jets and it's like the Lions themselves can't go to the playoffs but they can definitely affect who's going to be going to the playoffs because the likes of the Jets now can't, they're made with their defense and they're going to be going against a high-powered offense like that. Look, we saw what happened last week with the Minnesota Vikings that they were able to touch that uh, New York Jets defense. So Detroit would get a lot of hope from that. Dan Campbell's passion was worth so much, but we didn't think it was worth enough to keep him in a job a few weeks ago. I think they absolutely have something now in Detroit.
0: I fully agree with what Mark's saying, Michaela. It's it's a really interesting time for Detroit because if they're, if they're not going to go to the playoffs, they need to use these next four or five final games to their advantage. You've got nine months to prepare from then. And unfortunately, we're probably not going to see them in hard knocks next year.
2: No, um, I, I have to say, I really like the Lions. I think they're my like favorite underdog team. Um, you look at the, they obviously didn't start... No one expected anything from them, you know, and they think they've surprised a few people by the way they played. And I have to say, I like Jared Goff at quarterback for them. I think he's a good leader. And if you look at the stats, he is over 3,000 throwing yards, which I think is seventh uh, amongst quarterbacks. He's 19 touchdowns, only seven interceptions. And I think he's the sixth highest QBR in the league. Like six, and he's behind Geno Smith. He's behind Jalen Hurts, Mahomes. So he's he's a good quarter. He's a good quarterback. I think he's a, a little bit above average, but I like him. And I know the Lions have the. I think they have. They'll have a top five pick, um from the Rams, probably in the draft. And they also have the fifteen pick, so they can do a lot of stuff with that. Um, I I don't think they should draft a quarterback. I think they could probably use the needs somewhere else. I think Jared Goff is 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 very good, and I think he can actually do something for them. Um, but yeah, they're they're just such a fun team to watch. They're, they can be really explosive. They can cause some upsets. Um, but I don't I don't think they'll beat the Vikings um, this week. I, it could be a close game, maybe only a couple of points in the difference. Uh, I think they'll definitely probably beat the Jets and put, make the Jets struggle for their playoff space. Uh, Playoff place, even, but I think it's it's telling that the their favorites against the Vikings. How are the Lions favorites against the Vikings? They're five and seven, and it the Vikings are ten and two. Is that a, a discredit to the Vikings, or is that credit to the Lions? You have to wonder. And I I I think it's it's a bit of a I think it's a bit both to say a ten and two team shouldn't be really beaten by a five and seven team, but the Lions are just so good and fun to watch and they can clearly sc- score points jared Goff can put a lot of points on the board so i think they're the team to watch next year i think they can be really really exciting
0: right last topic we're going to talk about here before we get our picks for week 14 of the nfl season is marks arizona cardinals and kyler murray going up against the patriots in one of the football that games in arizona mark yeah in arizona yes um looking forward to arizona in a few weeks time never been to arizona here it's very
1: very hot Is it it hot in February, Mark, in Arizona? Uh, I haven't been been lucky enough that the season has extended to February for me. But no, I went uh, this time last year and it was weird. I went from like freezing cold. I'm I'm talking Baltic in Chicago to shorts and T-shirt in Arizona. So that's what it's like in December. It's it's, it's an oasis, I think.
0: I will Google it whenever you're talking here in a second. I'll find out because I am very excited for... The start of February, McKee League, you got to get these flights booked high for, for Arizona. Whatever you do, folks, do not Google the price of accommodation for the Super Bowl or Arizona. It's it's nuts. Let's look at Arizona now very quickly. Going up against Patriots, Monday Night Football. Very interesting time in New England, Mark. If that wasn't Bill Balichuk as a head coach, people will be ripping this team to shreds and certain quarterbacks that are playing for them, In my opinion, personally. Um, let's look at Kyler. Obviously, Patrick Peterson saying that nobody cares about Kyler Murray. Or sorry, Kyler Murray cares about nobody apart from Kyler Murray. Doesn't care about the head coach. I mean, frankly, I don't care about Cliff Kingsbury. I, I think Cliff Kingsbury is, is not fit to, to to be in that position. Um, but that's that's a discussion for a different podcast. This is a really intriguing game on Monday night, isn't it? Like we, the, the Patriots and, and the
1: Cardinals. Yeah. Sorry, you No, know, I think it is an, an intriguing game, but I think it's New England's to win hands down. The Cardinals haven't been able to do too much all year and they're going to be going against one of the best offenses or defenses in the league. In terms of the comments by Patrick Peterson, Patrick Peterson, former Cardinal. I noticed when we were in London, we asked Patrick Peterson a question. And, or I asked him about basically traveling to London with the Arizona Cardinals in 2017 and traveling with Minnesota. And he used it to take a shot against the team. It wasn't picked up on, but I noticed as a fan, I was like, oh, why does he always seem to this year if the Cardinals are brought up? So this then, then into when the Cardinals played, he made a video game kind of celebration. I don't need to go into the whole history of it. but Basically, like Patrick Peterson has a bone to pick with the Cardinals. He knows that it's really getting under the fans' skin when he goes for Kyler Murray. and I think it's kind of this like it's a bad breakup that he thought that the ex-partner would miss him more and that hasn't happened I think that he sees the writing on the wall for maybe he doesn't get into the ring of honor based on how fans do talk about him I'm not going to start taking shots at Patrick Peters and I just think it's a bit transparent that people know when you don't believe what you're saying and he's been caught doing that over the years and here it's like, what he said about Kyler Murray not being... I, I get it. As a Cardinals fan, it's tough to watch Kyler Murray. But the hard knocks this season, I've watched, what, the four weeks that there's been so far. And he's not as unliked as kind of people make out. He's definitely a tough person to work with. We all know that in the workplace, that there is some people that are tougher to get along with than others. It doesn't mean there's any hatred there. Like, DeAndre Hopkins... Kyler Murray has a go with DeAndre Hopkins. It's like, that's not out of disrespect. DeAndre Hopkins is his best weapon. It's just that he's just trying to get better. And then his best friend on the team is Marquise Brown. And they got on like a house on fire. I, I, I think, look, I'm, I'm a feel for it as well. As a Cardinals fan, I was talking about Kyler Murray and I said, I don't understand. He was obsessed with video games and I was obsessed with his team. Look, it's a younger generation. We kind of have to get over it or whatever. I think he's still an elite talent. And yeah, chemistry could help him out a bit. But like we saw Tom Brady shouting at his teammates on Monday Night Football. When Kyler Murray does it, he gets all the the um attention it seems.
0: Michaela um, Call of Duty's been out for two weeks or three three weeks now you think Kyler Murray has it completed at this point or what's the uh... yeah
2: I don't I don't blame Kyler Murray for liking video games I like video games everyone likes video games I just I think for me personally when he started out um, and kind of in his second year I personally think uh, sorry Mark I think Kyler Murray's a little bit overrated um, I, I don't know what it is about him. There's just some people I don't like or they're like personalities or he does seem very serious or something like that. Or he doesn't... i never seen him get passionate before other than, like you said, when he'd get out on the sidelines, but I've never seen him kind of like a passionate, happy... He always... I don't know, maybe he's always trying to remain cool, seem like the cool person. Um, But he, I, I do... I do agree with you that I think Patrick Peterson may have say, said the the comment out of, I don't know, like pettiness or something. But then again, it's also kind of like, who would you rather be on, the, the Cardinals or the Vikings right now? And I think everyone would agree they'd want to play for the Vikings right now. They have a chance at a Super Bowl where the Cardinals gave Marie this big contract, actually put in the contract that he needs to do homework, had to take that out of contract because people were like, why did you put that in the contract? And then... I think back to the to just the off season when Murray we're talking about a bad breakup thing. It was also kind of petty that didn't Murray take all everything to do with Arizona the Arizona Cardinals out of his social media because they weren't giving him a contract. And now look, he's kind of doing a Russell Wilson. He he got the big contract and now he's not he's not playing up to it. Um, I I don't I don't think it could be fully. A him problem. I don't like Cliff Kingsbury either too much. I think maybe they should probably give Cliff the boot and see if they can bring someone else in who can kind of have a kind of. Sh- like a stricter kind of not this drama stuff about Kyler Murray playing video games and stuff because literally all the stuff on Twitter is just memes of Kyler Murray playing Call of Duty. Um, But I do understand why that annoys people because you do want the quarterback to be obsessed with the game. He can play Call of Duty in the off season or like he can play it when when they win a game. You want your quarterback to be obsessed like like Tom Brady, when he loses a game, he used to stay in the stadium all night and and go over what he done wrong and and do his like and study and stuff like that. So I do get the dislike for Kyler Murray, but I think maybe I think that could change if they just maybe got a different head coach and they started playing well again and actually were getting far in the playoffs and not just kind of missing out like they have the last few years.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, obviously a reminder that Cliff Kingsbury folks um, couldn't win with Patrick Mahomes in college, and we'll, we'll talk about Cliff Kingsbury next week before I get Mark started here. Right, um, let's get some picks in for this week, um, a couple of ones that stand out to me is we're all on Pittsburgh beating the Ravens, Michaela has got the Patriots winning, and so has Mark got the Patriots winning on Monday night, I'm the only one picking the Cardinals, and um, and I think I'm the only person picking the other no, Michaela is picking the Chargers on Sunday night football. It's interesting. Mark, is there any other game or team
1: that takes your pick for picks this week? That's kind of a funny one. Like, I, I haven't seen the line yet. Maybe I'm going with all the favorites because the picks out of all the weeks, this kind of seemed a bit easier. And maybe it's because we came off in a finding week last week where, you know, good teams are going against one another. We actually had the boy of a few uh, uses teams, which was handy the Cardinals, the Panthers, and then like the Broncos were the Broncos, or the Colts were the Colts. That, yeah, the, the games kind of seemed relatively straightforward for me. Um, now, I don't expect any upsets. I'm excited to see the Giants against Philadelphia. Obviously, it's important for the Giants that they do say in this race, because if they lose to Philadelphia, well, then they'll be on a, an absolute tie with the Washington Commanders going into that rematch uh, a week later. The Washington Commanders being on a boy, of course.
0: It's a late bye to have, isn't it? Michaela, any other game that stands out to you this week?
2: I think I said in the the Monday night review I was gonna pick the books over the Forty ers and you guys kind of jumped at me there. Um yeah, I I'll ex- explain the reasoning behind the um obviously but even if Jimmy G was still there, I think okay, I think I might slightly go for the Forty ers but definitely now the fact that he's not there even if they bring in a quarterback like Mayfield. I think Tom Brady has always going to have a chip on his shoulders against the 49ers because they passed on him in the draft. They passed on him in free agency when he left the Patriots. He he's a he grew up being a 49ers fan. So he, you know, he always wants to beat them. And when Tom Brady wants to beat someone, he... he he brings out another kind of another part of him, like a, an extra gear, if you will. So that's why I think the Bucks can definitely beat the 49ers. And then the Chargers, the reasoning behind the Chargers was because even though the Chargers have a worse record than the Dolphins, I think I'm definitely def- just going off the quarterback situation because Tua didn't start off as hot as Justin Herbert did. So, and when Justin Herbert started in. In the NFL, he broke the the rookie touchdown record, um, and uh, he he's just everyone really likes Herbert, and he's definitely like he's gonna be up there with Burrow and Mahomes, I think, and Allen for for years to come. So I think you know Herbert is gonna remind everybody why he was picked over to it, and why. Let's be real. The way Herbert was playing, he was one of the reasons why Tua was being questioned because uh, because Tua didn't start off like him and people were kind of like, well, is Tua the answer now? So Herbert is going to remind everybody why people were downing Tua in the first place.
1: Yeah, you're t- you're preaching to the converted over here. I I got away with this earlier on the show. I will put my hand up. I also picked the Chargers for the Super Bowl this year because of Justin Herbert. <laughs> it's like I, I started watching them I I was I was paying very close attention to the Chargers this year. They're very lucky with their wins and they just haven't got the weapons. Like they they were they were killed with injuries, but even without them, it's just they're they're, they're paying for watch that Raiders uh, loss today was coming a mile away. And
0: fair play, Michaela, I should have given you that shout out in the picks graphic for the Bucks. Uh, beating the Niners. Let's see what happens. That, that is going to be week 14. Really excited for week 14. You can, of course, catch up with this all weekend at NFL Ireland everywhere. Literally everywhere. Even on YouTube now as well. Uh, do check us out. We'll be uh, across the action all weekend. Michael McQuaid, uh, Mark Hogan, Michaela Fagan. And really appreciate your time, folks. It's Always good to chat to you. And just again, folks, a big thank you to everybody for the support over the first week or so of this. Uh, stunning. To be sitting behind around the around the nfl in the charts is ridiculous we massively appreciate yous, um, and look both of yous enjoy to you enjoy week 14 chatty soon